0: Welcome into the post Merry Christmas edition of the A List podcast. I'm Quani Lunas, joined by Ashrod Blakely and Gary Washburn.
1: Happy post Christmas and first day of Kwanzaa, y'all. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. First day. Uh, Merry Ma- Kwanzaa to you
0: as well. Do you know what the first day means or is?
1: I'm going to pass it on to Gary Washburn who knows that. But it's it's Moja. It's unity, <laughs> which is what we are right now. I changed Wait, my mind. I changed that's my mind. You're stealing the answer right from under I, him. I, I did. I did. I absolutely did that. I did. I He's pulled the Kyrie. I pulled the classic Kyrie back in the day where I'm just like, no, no, that's mine. If K- that's Kwanzaa mine. had a Grinch, it'd be you then.
0: That's what it's sounding like.
1: Yeah, but I, I love people who celebrate Kwanzaa and I am just it's just not something <laughs> I practice with any regularity for too there many reasons go. to get into on the podcast. <laughs> Gary, do you I don't, celebrate?
2: No, I mean, I, I I respect it, but I don't, you know, celebrate like we do Christmas, you know, we didn't really grow up with Kwanzaa, but it's a respectable, obviously, something that that we all probably need to learn more about, um, yeah. you know, and I think the gifts are supposed to be homemade or not, you know, not widescreen TVs, Kwani, not, you know.
0: (laughs) Wait, okay. I don't know how you know this, but I actually
1: got a TV for Christmas. Because we know you, Kwani. We know. That's called unity. When you work so right. that's you not against, that's
2: against that. the principles of Kwanzaa. How do we know TV, they didn't make the TV back. <laughs> so See, that's what back. What it is
1: first day we're gonna give you a TV so that we can unite as a family and watch the TV together. That's what that's about, Gary. <laughs> that's what that's See, about. It works. It works. <laughs> but I gotta keep the remote control because there's so much. There's only so much unity we can be down with. <laughs> I gotta have that remote control.
0: I'm just, just to saying. be safe. Understood. <laughs> All right, let's get into the Celtics. Of course, they were able to seal out a win at the TD Garden on Christmas Day. Jason Tatum with 41 points, the second most biased Celtic on Christmas Day. Seven rebounds, five assists. What did you think about Tatum's performance? We'll start there.
1: Balling. That's what you're supposed to do. I mean, you're supposed to show out on national TV. Listen, one of the players that was, to me, was one of my favorite players to watch play only because I knew there were certain nights and certain times of the season where he was going to absolutely ball off for Boston, and that's Rondo, Rajon Rondo, Playoff Rondo, Primetime Rondo, whatever you want to call him. He was one of those guys that always tend to elevate his play when the biggest amount of eyeballs were on him, and I thought Tatum did that on Christmas Day. Giannis is a phenomenal player, and for as long as that dude is healthy, he's going to be on everyone's top five MVP list. There's, this I have very little doubt about that. But on this particular night, Tatum was a better player. Uh Tatum had better numbers, Tatum had better impact, and Tatum had had one more poster than Giannis did. That dunk on, on him, Tatum's had some good ones, but that we go we'll talk a little bit more about that one. But that was filthy what he did to him. And he got the W at the crib.
2: Yeah, I thought it was an impressive win for the Celtics. Uh I thought Tatum was, you know, at his one of his best games, just in the situation too. Um, you know, obviously, they go into this game with a lot of uncertainty. They had lost five or six. They had kind of beat beat back Minnesota. wasn't like Minnesota, and that was not a full Minnesota team, in know, Car, Anthony, Towns. Um, but they were able to, you know, kind of fight back Minnesota and take control in the fourth quarter. So they, it wasn't like they were, you know, mad and super impressive. This was a game. It was like, wow. I mean, if Milwaukee plays the way they're supposed to and can. The Celtics could, if they come out sloppy, could get embarrassed here. I mean, this could be an ugly national TV game where they, you know, they just get 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 flattened, get 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 stomped. And they came out, took the lead, took control in the third quarter, and Tatum 20 points in the third, was just at his best, dunking on Giannis. But I just thought he played within the flow of the game. Uh, you know, he attacked the basket at times. He got his shot off. He hit that mid range. He didn't too, take too many threes. I thought it was a Tatum's full arsenal. And then Jalen. And then the thing is, if you really look at it, I mean, Tatum had two points in the fourth quarter. He had 39 through three, like T- Jalen Brown took over in the fourth. And they put him away. You know, they scored a hundred, nearly 140 points on the number two defense. And I don't care if they, you know, Chris Middleton wasn't there. That was a good Milwaukee team. And, you know, that's a team that's struggling, too. I think they've lost three in a row now. Uh, Lost to Cleveland, lost to Brooklyn, now lost to Boston. But that was a quality win for the Celtics. And I just feel like um, it was much needed because it gives them that boost going into the, you know, this week here with a couple of tough games. And I'm going to say Houston's a tough game because them young dudes play hard and you don't want to get caught slipping in and they got the Clippers back coming in at full strength. So... I thought it was a quality win for the Celtics and it, and the way they defended Giannis too. I mean, just, you know, Hey, take the mid range. He had some of those mid range shots, but he had two shots in the paint Two, you know, I mean, it, it, two of his nine field goals were in the, you one, three, you know, uh, two shots and then six, sorry, I think five, five, six mid range. So that's what you want, you know, do not let him get the rim and, you know, let him shoot from three and let him, Hey, if he hits that mid range, that's fine. So I thought uh, all around good effort from the C's.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they, they did a really good job. I thought of, as Gary pointed out, really building that defensive wall. Cause even when Giannis had a step on a guy, there was always one or two guys closing that gap and being able to rotate defensively so that there really wasn't an open shooter per se, you know, based upon Giannis ability to penetrate and it just made every shot Milwaukee took for the most part, a tough one. Uh, and that's what you want to do against a team like that. You want a player who has a clear and undeniable weakness like Giannis has, which is his perimeter shooting to force to find ways to, to impact the game. Otherwise, and be able to defend those ways, play more to your strengths. I, again, they gave up, you know, 120, 118 points, which is is a, is a decent amount, but considering how efficient they were offensively, considering how they were able to force Giannis, in my opinion, to play a much more uncomfortable game for him than he's used to. That's the secret sauce to beating a team like this, defending at a high level, making your shots, and being able to move on to the next play and and, and ultimately the next game.
0: And they took care of business as they should have. Another piece component in this game was Jalen Brown, 29 points, five rebounds. Four assists and one little kerfuffle. We'll get into that during the game. Actually, we can talk about that now. Let's talk about that first. (laughs) His little um, scruffle with Giannis.
1: I got my thoughts on that, but I want to hear what Gary Washburn. I want to hear Gary, too. Uh,
2: (laughs) Honestly, I mean, uh, I... It was just like one of those situations where, you know, I think Giannis got a little irritated with the screen. I think Jalen kind of hit him in the midsection, not the low midsection, not like, you know, Al Horford. Um, it
1: wasn't an Al Horford. Uh, but he kind of hit him
2: like in the lower part of the stomach, I don't, you know, a little bit. And I think that Giannis had an issue with that. And, you know, he kind of rose up And then, you know, him and Jalen kind of You know, and I just think that's two Competitors going at it, I don't think that was uh, The funniest part to me Was Marcus Smart going at Donis Aditumpo. Ride or die, right? Yeah, <laughs> like Marcus Smart said, hey, let's take it Outside, basically, let's take it to the locker room You want to talk that mess He was our play friend Joe, okay. Joe Varg from the <laughs> Athletic uh, Pointed out I guess th- those two guys kind of Went at it a little bit in the uh, in the in the World Cup in 2019, where I think it was a hard foul at the end of the USA-Greece game where Marcus and, and thanis had some issues there. Uh, and so this might go back a few years. I have to find that tape or whatever to see what happened at the end of the USA-Greece game in the uh, World Cup. Oh. uh remember, remember when, <laughs> once upon a time when Jason, Jalen, Kimba, Marcus yep. were, we're on all on Team to USA. Together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh D. White was on
1: I think Derek White was on that team too, right?
2: Yeah, Derek White was yeah. on that team. So people forget uh, about Derek White. People yeah, forget. We don't, we, we don't I do don't. We don't. Gary does. I don't. No, I think that he's uh he's getting better. But uh <laughs> I just thought it, it's a competitive thing. I'm not I I wasn't really like overly, you know, like you know, I didn't think much of the last the the, the little thing. I just think Giannis was frustrated through it because he had been defended well. Jalen might have hit him a little bit below what he thought was appropriate. And they, you know, went face to face. And it's good that the Suns ain't going to back down. I mean, they don't really have an enforcer. They just don't. Like, they don't have a dude that, okay, that's not the dude to mess with. They don't have that guy. Okay. So when Jalen is like that, you know that's good because I remember Cedric Maxwell a few years ago saying, "When's the last time you seen Jalen or Jason in any type of like issues on the court?" Sure. Like, that's a problem that they've never that they they just I like nice And and Jalen we see is not you know I don't think Jalen's gonna throw hands or nothing, but I think Jalen's not gonna just back down. Now we haven't seen that from Jason. Jason usually doesn't get too much, and I thought there's some situations where he could have. Yeah. Gotten into some, you know, gotten in some faces of some opponents. I remember a couple years ago, when Kevin Durant fouled him, kind of undercut him on a three, and, and Jason could have said, Hey, man, what are you trying to end my career? What's up with that? But he didn't do anything. But, uh, you know, I think it's good that they're showing some fire. Every people, but Marcus can't be the only one all the time. There's got to be some dudes who are like, Hey, man, don't do that, you know. Uh, or get out my face. So I thought it was enjoyable, but there's two teams that, you know, don't like each other. Let's be honest. It's a rivalry here.
1: It, I don't think they like each other, but they absolutely, without question, respect one another, which is important. Uh, the one thing though, and, and Gary, you, you know this, I am a big fan of feistiness. I, I need guards who will, and I need some dogs who want to guard that yard. I need guys who, who want to not let it, be known that they're weak or they're soft you, if someone is going to try and punk you which I thought Giannis was trying to do when he jumped up in Jalen's face, Jalen had a couple of choices, you could have just walked, turned his back and walked away and just say I'm not getting involved with that or you stand your ground and let that man know that you're not having it today today, the price of getting punked has gone up and I ain't panicked. we are going to stand <laughs> our ground and, Giannis, oh. and, you, and, you, and you saw what happened Giannis looked at him and he looked at Giannis what did Giannis do? Nothing Nothing. And that and to me, the point that Jalen was trying to make that look, you may be this, that and the other, but I ain't going nowhere, dude. I'm standing right here. You need guys willing to do that. And the whole Marcus and Theonis little little kerfuffle on the side. That was intriguing to me because both of those guys, I would not mind seeing them get a little physical, physical engagement uh, because I think it'd be, a, it'd be a hell of a battle. Donis uh, is no punk. He is absolutely, he may not play much, but he ain't no punk. And we don't know Marcus ain't no punk.
2: I love how do you know he's not no punk. because We don't play, he don't play. We told Gary right? Gary,
1: Greek. Gary, trust me when I'm telling you. Gary, <laughs> if you if you only trust one thing I ever tell you in life, this he is won't. that one thing. This is that Damn. one thing. Trust me on this one, Gary. He ain't no punk. Okay. Trust me. Trust me on this one. You
2: heard, you heard it here it first, folks. <laughs> one. I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Gary, you don't want want to know. You really don't want to know. Trust me on this one. Um, But the bottom line is this. The Celtics, not only did they win the game, but I think they addressed in a very small but significant way some of the concerns that I think some folks like Cedric Maxwell have have painted, and and legitimately so. Is this team mentally tough enough to deal with some of the the pushback that they're going to get from teams who are going to try to punk them? Are they going to do, are they going to just, you know, do the, you know, do the, the civic thing and just walk away? Or are they just going to be like, no, nah, we ain't going nowhere. We, if you, if you want, I mean, if you want to bring that, that smoke, we ain't going nowhere. We're not going to the out, out back. We're not going out. We're standing right here. And That's I thought, Jaylen, yeah. And I thought, <laughs> and I thought Jalen, I thought Jalen did a great job of standing his ground, which he needed. I thought they needed someone to do that other than Marcus. And I thought Marcus, you know, just being Marcus, hey, you know, me get some of that too, and he did. So I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. That was probably my favorite part of the. Well, that and, and the Tatum dunk were probably my my fa- most favorite parts of the game, uh, because I thought both of those moments really spoke to where the Celtics are and how the Celtics are trying to let anyone and everyone know we've lost a few games, but guess what? We ain't going nowhere. We still we still rocking with the top teams in the East, and we ain't planning to, to change that anytime soon.
0: Leagues on notice, what did you make of Jalen's actual performance on the floor, though?
1: Oh, killer. I mean, he he was I mean, he he was that man in the fourth quarter. Uh, He was that guy that carried him. And and the thing that people have to, I think, embrace about the Celtics team, every single game they play is so important because for for the way I look at their team, the way they're built, the way they played. They have to finish with the best record in the Eastern Conference so that they can have the benefit of having home court at the end of the day when all is said and done. You start looking at Jalen and Jason's numbers. They average about four points better at home than they do on the road. Uh, and, and you're talking about two guys com- who can combine and get you 60 at home pretty much every game. If you got seven or eight other guys playing and those guys give you seven, eight, nine points on average each, you got 120 points. And that should be more than enough to win at home. Whereas if you go on the road, the, every, obviously everything changes a little bit. Their impact, their scoring, all that isn't quite what it is at home. So that's why for, for me, it's important that Jalen continues to be a, a player who understands when he has to take over the game. I think that's the one thing he's gotten better at this year than maybe last year and the year before. Tatum is going to do Tatum. He's going to wind up at the end of the night with 25, 30 points, you know, damn near roll out bet. bed, he's going to get that. But Jalen has to have, 25 or 30 impactful points. And for me, that there's their quarters, every single game where Jalen Brown has to be the best player on the floor. And I thought against Milwaukee, he was that guy in the fourth quarter Tatum. He was that guy in the third quarter. They have, they're, they're doing a much better job this year, figuring out when each of them can dominate. And while the other is more of kind of like that guy to the side that in case of emergency, you know, I still can get, you know, 10, 15 points in about like 90 seconds. They. That's why, to me, again, I say the Celtics are—they're that team. They're the team to beat. They're young. They're—they've got experience, and their best players are figuring out how to play well, not only with each other but also play well off each other.
2: Yeah, um, I think Jalen Brown is still battling himself. So, like the the three missed free throws at the end of the half. Like he's got to be better at the free throw line. And he's got to be better taking care of the ball. He had four turnovers. He suddenly he had 11 turnovers. That was a good good stat. Only 11 turnovers against the Bucs. And Jalen had four of them. Jalen's been turnover prone of late. Um, he's got to take care of the ball. And that's it. Like It's not like he's got a bunch of holes in this game. But he's got to be a more reliable free throw shooter, even though he was 80%, oh, nearly 81% entering the Milwaukee game. He's got to be a more clutch free-throw shooter, and he's got to learn how to take care of the ball more. And I think that that's his thing. Sometimes Jalen does try to do a little too much, you know, mm-hmm. make that spectacular pass, um, dribble between too many defenders, you know, and he loses the ball. You know, he's worked on his handle, but I think the turnovers for him is still an issue. And I think the free-throw shooting is still at times an issue. Uh, he's got to be better at that. Other than that, I think he's why I think he, he took over in the fourth quarter against Minnesota. Twenty-three versus thirty-six points. He said he's playing terribly before then. Uh, he had struggled and he came back and with would would a would big fourth quarter. And then the same thing, uh, helping out the Celtics put put away the Bucks. But I just see little things that separate, let's say, Jalen from. Uh, uh, like a first-team All-NBA player, and that's the turnovers and the free-throw shooting. Like, you can't turn over. You you can't be too careless with the ball, um, give away too many possessions, things like that. And that's my only issue with Jalen this year. is averaging, like, over three turnovers a game. And, you know, if you have a high usage rate, that's going to happen. But I also think he's... Some of them are unforced, careless... Uh, traveling calls, uh, you know, dribbling in too deep and then trying to throw it out because he's kind of overcommitted himself and now he has no place to go. Thing little things that could, that can be sharpened up throughout the season. But I was uh, impressed this fourth quarter and obviously the fourth quarter against Minnesota, which basically won in that game. Well,
0: quickly going back to the fight, Sherrod said that he would... Be willing to bet on a good fight between Thonis and Marcus. So if you're looking for something to bet on this season, BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL to bowl season to eSports. You'll find the latest odds and team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost every game or sport imaginable. We are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite events and leagues. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus. And I know y'all are trying to save money right now after all this holiday spending. So 50% off using that promo code CLNS50. Use that code to receive your award. BetOnline where the games start. All right, Jason Tatum, we talked a little bit about his poster over Giannis. Where do you think that poster lands amongst the rest in his arsenal right now?
1: The only one that he had that I liked more than the one on Christmas Day was the one over LeBron back in the 2018 finals, where that was like 19-year-old Tatum, who may have been 20, 21 at the time, but he was still 19 in our minds had the baby face. You didn't have the, you didn't have all this, this facial here we see now just rolls up and just facialized LeBron in a way that, and again, that was one of those games where nobody was getting buckets. It was at the, I think the the final was like 87, 80 or something. It was, it was a really close, low scoring game. And for Tatum to come down the lane. and, And I didn't even know Tatum had that kind of bounce. I mean, that was the thing that, that surprised me. It wasn't as if he caught, you know, he was like right around the rim and just rose up Tatum. The launch pad was lengthy that he took off from. That was Giannis-like game. Now, not, not Giannis-esque, but Giannis-like, because Giannis obviously has better hops and all that. But it was a great dunk on, over a great player, and it was in a, a really significant moment, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so that dunk is always going to be uh, a notch above pretty much anything else he does. But this one was pretty damn close. Uh, one, because of just... They needed this win in the worst way. We talked about it earlier. I mean, losing five or six, you're playing the team. You lose this game, you you drop down to second in the East, which is not that big a deal. But from a psychological standpoint, it would have only extended the misery of poor basketball play that you were already in the midst of. So it was a nice, not only uh, kind of changed the momentum of where your season was heading, but it kept you in first place. And it was, one again, one of the many plays that the Celtics were able to make that was significantly powerful, impactful, and memorable in a game that they absolutely, I thought, needed in, in just the worst way.
2: Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think of other big-time tame Dunks besides, you know, like, on people besides uh, the one on LeBron, But that really come to mind. I mean, I know he's had some, you know, but yeah, this was a significant play, you know, very big play. He was fearless. It was kind of a give-and-go with Marcus Smart. He might have caught, like, uh, Giannis a little under the basket. Not saying Giannis was, you know, it wasn't a legit poster. He didn't posterize him, but he might have caught him a tad bit under the basket. But the the thing that impresses me is the the fearlessness that Tatum needs to have more. Like, I want to see Tatum score through more contact like don't quit trying to avoid contact. I think sometimes he avoids contact and he tends to miss layups where he could just probably get fouled more and even get to the free throw line even more as you know, because I think he's trying to be so uh, you know, like graceful when he gets to the basket and he's taking his thing and he's like laying it in and, and, but you know, or he goes farther when people reach where if he just like went and he got hit, he would probably get to the free throw line. And there's sometimes he misses layups when he just does so much graceful things. And it's just like, no, Jay, take him, just take it to his chest and get fouled. And that's where I like to see more. So the fact that he want, uh, he went at Giannis and had no, no fear was impressive to me. So I'm going to say this is number one. From, like the LeBron thing, but I think it was more surprising. It was young Jason, as Sherrod said. But this was like, no, man, like one, I'm an MVP. And two, I'm a dunk on you. Like, I'm not tripping. This ain't nothing for me anymore. I think the the LeBron one was like, you know, oh my God, I took to LeBron. Oh my God, he's my hero. Like this was like, nah, this is a, this is Monday. This is Sunday. I, this is what I do. This is what I do. <laughs> this is my pleasure. Like, I don't think, I don't think, I think with Jason, it was like, next, next ball up, let's do it again. Like, that's the thing that I think is impressive for me, that this is not a issue anymore. This is not some big deal to him. He dunking on you. So I
0: take it we should see, we want to see more of this
2: Oh, Tatum. for sure, for sure. More aggressive Tatum, that I said, playing through contact, not trying to be super, like he's got a lot of George Gervin and Dr. Jaden in him in terms of his gracefulness, and that looks beautiful on video, but sometimes feel like try to avoid contact and, and, you know, put, make the layup tougher. And then he misses it. And, you know, we, we see him chasing, sometimes miss a lot of like chip shots at the basket because he's trying to avoid the contact as opposed to playing through contact and getting, getting fouled. Cause I don't think maybe people just straight up block his shot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tato, I mean, he's just better at putting in that work, man. I mean, he's just better at putting in that work and he's more comfortable putting in that work and he makes it easy. He makes it look easy, I should say.
0: Our producer, Ahmed, put in the chat that Paul George, Jared Allen, and Simmons come to mind when we think about Jason Tatum posters. I think a bigger aspect of it too is just like the person that is on the poster. So obviously the three of them good players, but when you're dunking on LeBron and Giannis, I think it has a more significant value. Street cred so to speak, because like, dang, he dumped on Giannis and didn't even flinch.
1: Yeah,
0: that's what he do. You put in that work and make it happen. We wanna see more, we wanna see more. All right, before we move on, let's talk about our one of our partners, our teammates, Indeed. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges to succeed. You need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. In, with their instant match tool, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed makes it easy to hire, so easy. It takes about 10 minutes or less for most small businesses to post a job according to Indeed data. They do the hard work for you. So when you pay to post, that instant match tool shows you the candidates whose resume fit on Indeed, at least, fit your description immediately after you post, so you can hire faster. When you post on Indeed, you are three times more likely to get a hire. And with Indeed, you can select for the skills that you're looking for specifically from that person. So you can add a selection of over 100 Indeed assessment tests to your job post and hone in on candidates with the right skill set faster. So if all of this sounds appealing to you, you can actually start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at indeed.com slash a list offer good for a limited time. Once again, you can claim that $75 job credit right now on indeed.com slash a list terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. All right, we talk about basketball. So let's talk about the holiday season because it's my favorite time of year. Holiday leftovers. Well, we're just going to use the holiday <laughs> analogies. Best Christmas Day team performance from both of you. What do you think is still resonating a day after?
1: My favorite Christmas Day team performance was Golden State's win over Memphis. And not only because of just how gold the state played, but the saltiness that transpired afterward. Clay Thompson is one of the most level-headed, cool, breezy brothers in the game. But he got a little sick and tired of that Memphis smack talk. And so what does he do? He goes out and plays a good game, but not just a good game, but during the game, he picked the precise moment, the absolute perfect moment to just basically Give the Grizzlies the middle finger in, in a metaphorical sense for all that smack talk they had about dynasty. And he's like, Bruh, we know what dynasty is. Y'all don't it's even know what NBA numbers. Finals. Y'all don't even know what NBA finals look like. How y'all gonna talk about dynasty? Y'all gotta get to the prom before y'all can be the prom king. Come on. Y'all trying to Y'all trying to reign over. Y'all. And, and, and so he picked the absolute perfect moment in that game to just let the biggest smack talker from Memphis in all, all this um, Memphis dynasty talk, Dylan Brooks, splash shot in his face. Dylan goes down. He gives him the O.A.I. Oh, step over you treatment and then gives him a stare down. Yes, that was a tech that was absolutely well worth it. That's my best. Team performance because Golden State shut Memphis up for a minute. Recognize that they're good, but at the same time, acknowledge the fact that, bro, you don't know, you don't know the the road that we've walked. So stop talking like you do. Ain't no comparison, Gary. Uh,
2: Let me see. I was gonna tell say the words, but I'll take Philly uh, coming back in the second half and beating Quanis New York (laughs) Knicks. Love how they're my team now. Thank you for New York, Jersey, whatever. Yes. Yeah, whatever. Remember, we had the Nets, not yeah, the Knicks. The Tri-State Knicks. Uh, the Tri-State Quanti. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you represent them all. No, I'm going to go with the Philly coming back over the Knicks, playing a good second half. Uh, the Knicks were dominating in the first half, and then the Philly kind of chipped away in the late in the first half, and then uh, MB and George Dayton had some victories, and uh, Harden just took over and beat the Knicks on a, you know, and I thought that was a quality win for for Philadelphia. The Knicks have been playing good basketball of late. um, And I just think the Knicks are looking for any reason for momentum in terms of just like any reason to get excited under the Tom Thibodeau era. And they were excited, but then they get smacked at home on Christmas Day. And it's like kind of the same old Knicks. So other than the Golden State, I thought the Golden State had the most impressive win because it came without Steph. It came with a fully loaded, uh, pretty much, Memphis team. I mean, they, and Memphis wanted to go out there with a mission to just smack Golden State on Christmas Day and prove that they're more number one team in the West. They belonged but, on Christmas they, Day. Too. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't happen. They lost with Jordan Poole getting thrown out with nine minutes left in the game. Too, it wasn't like it was a full Golden State team for the whole forty-eight minutes. I mean, literally, it was like without Curry, without Pool, most of the fourth quarter, and you know, they still got handled. And hey, so I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm gonna at The yeah. Philadelphia 76 was early Christmas Day win over the New York Knicks.
1: And Poole was on pace to hit him with a 50-piece before he got tossed. He had 32 uh, when he went out. So, yeah, Golden State said... Wasn't looking good. good Memphis got sunned. They they don't want to admit it, but they got sunned by, by Golden State. So to down. the big
0: leagues, babies. Sit down, son. You ain't, you're not, <laughs> not ready, ready yet, Right. Okay, what do you think was the best individual performance on Christmas Day?
2: Who
1: you got, G-Money? I'm
2: going to go with um, the Tatum performance. Um, I don't really see... I mean, you could go with, you know, Luka was solid against the Lakers. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Um, You know, Clay and then Poole against against Memphis, but Tatum's 41 on the biggest stage. That that was a premium, the 5 o'clock game, the one that everybody was you know, watching, eating their Christmas dinner and, you know, playing with their new gifts and riding the bikes around the block or whatever. Um, So I'm going with Jason Tatum. Best performance, as my man just wrote on our chat, uh, the first 40-point game on Christmas since 2018. You know, I'm not I'm not really high on Christmas Day stats. Oh come okay. Lord Christmas Rich. Day yeah, Christmas 1933. Like, you know, somebody's seen it even play on Christmas. Like, stop it, like you know, everybody oh, will play right. on Christmas. So you That's only talk about right. certain teams. Like, like, stop that with the Christmas. Oh, if anything bronze. that makes the bronze stat bronze stat has most valuable. points on Christmas Day. Yeah, because like back in the day, Kowani. They only played in Toronto. Remembers they only played two games on Christmas, maybe one. I remember growing up in the West Coast. It was like in the morning, it was like Celtics at Knicks. It was always the Knicks, right? Bulls at Knicks, Celtics at Knicks at MSG. And then in the afternoon, it was like the Lakers against the Suns, or it was like San Antonio. It was like the best Western Conference teams and the best, and always some Eastern Conference team playing against the Knicks. So that was it. Two it was two games on Christmas Day morning and then afternoon. That was it. Wasn't five damn games on Christmas Day. Well, that makes th- that still valuable? Because yeah, but still everybody played. a small amount of players. that get to play. On Christmas Day. So sometimes it's <laughs> deceiving. I get it. We all caught it. I love Christmas as much as anybody. But I'm tired. Okay, okay Scrooge. <laughs> okay, um, <Christmas> right. <laughs> damn Christmas that's Day stats. Like, not everybody played on Christmas. How many Dr. J games did Dr. J play on Christmas? Probably not a whole lot. Like, it was just selected teams back then, and now it's basically LeBron, whoever team LeBron on, the top team in the East, the Knicks, because they, <laughs> yeah, they always love to have MSG the first game. I mean, I yeah. guess tradition. That was years and years ago. You know, Bill Russell and those guys used to play on Christmas Day okay. in New York. So. um I'm going to say, going back to my answer, my Wells Chronicle answer, Jason Tatum's 41 points against the Knicks. Well, 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 In conclusion, while, well, well, while Gary and, and most folks were out riding their new bikes and, and playing with their new Twitch or new whatever the hell they do Twitch. on Christmas Day. You mean Big Will, by Knievel, my Evil Knievel, my G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip? Yeah! <laughs> Twitch. Anyway,
1: while everyone was doing that, once again, people were overlooking one of the best players in the NBA putting in work because he always puts in the work. We're talking about the Joker. The Joker, not only did they beat Phoenix, dude have 41, 15, and 15. And I get it why most people didn't see it because most people were doing, I think, what Gary was talking about, getting their grub on, getting their second or third plate of, of you know, sweet potatoes and, and, and candy, yams, and all that good stuff. While well, he was dropping 41 and 15 on the fools in, 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 in Phoenix. This is why he is going to go down when his career is is done and over one of the most underappreciated superstars of his generation, because it seems every opportunity that he has on a sort of kind of, but not really prime time spotlight, something takes away from that, whether it's, you know, the time slot, whether it's Christmas, whether whatever, whatever it may be, but it doesn't change the fact that he's a hell of a player who puts up ridiculous fantasy league-like numbers on a regular basis. And his, I mean, again, 41-15 and 15 is kind of sick. Even regardless of who you're playing, regardless of the time of year, those are ridiculous numbers to be putting up. And, you know, just watching some of that game, he makes this stuff look way easier than I know it is. Uh, But that's just how he is. Uh, So that, to me, that was the most impressive performance for me on Christmas Day.
0: I like that one. All right. Who do you think had the best coaching performance?
1: I'm going to give this one to my main man, Joe Mazou. Uh, I thought that, you know, just the way that he went about making sure guys were in the right spot, right time, it never, it, I, it never felt as though he allowed coaching to become an issue in that game. I thought, you know, just the way he went about calling timeouts, the substitution pass for the most part, I thought he did a really good job and he put his position, his players, I thought in the best position to be. As Brad Stevens always tells us, the best version of themselves. I thought we saw Jason Brown or excuse me, Jalen Brown down the stretch being the best version of Jalen Brown getting buckets. I thought in the third quarter, where they really needed to put a little separation between themselves after would have been a pretty first, first, pretty close first half, Tatum took over and gave them a little bit of separation. That is not only on the players to figure out how to do that, but also the coach to make sure that he puts them in the best position to do those type of things. And maybe most important, don't muck up the game or get in the way of that progress. So I thought was I thought Joe had a good Christmas Day game as far as coaching.
2: I'm gonna say Steve Kerr motivated his guys to play well, to um step up, you know, use the the bench well, Dante Di Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, guys who you know, need need to step up and play expanded roles with Steph Curry out. And, you know, and I just thought that they played a dominant ball game, against as I said, a fully loaded Memphis team. And I thought that was took more because they came off a really terrible road trip. I mean, they were terribly blown out by by Brooklyn, where they allowed 90 points in the first half. Like they were embarrassed on that road trip and they needed some reason to come up and, and respond. And it was like, okay, well is Memphis going to just walk in there and just blow them out like on Christmas? Or is this going to be just kind of a continuance of the, de- of the decline of the Warriors and the words like, no, not quite. We still the defending champs. We still defend home court. We still one of the best teams in the league at home, which they are. I think they're the best home record in the NBA. And you know, they, they showed it. And I think that's coaching with Steve Carr, putting those guys in certain roles, then flourishing the defense against Memphis not giving in, and I thought it was the, that was probably one of the more important wins of the season for the Warriors because they had to show themselves we can compete with these teams, and yeah. we and we are not trumps. Even though I, Steph is even though Steph is out, even though we don't have our full squad, squad even though Draymond is kind of not Draymond anymore, and Clay is every now and then Clay or whatever, um, you know we can still do it. And I think that was an important message that Kerr got to his players. And he used those young guys. And it's like, it's about time, man. You got to use Wiseman. You got to see what Wiseman got. You got to see what Moody and Kamingo. You can't keep protecting them. Like, you got to give them major minutes. They got to make mistakes. They got to, because those, that's the future. And you, you're going to need to have um, those guys step up if you're going to have any chance of repeating.
1: I, I agree. I agree. Uh, every now and then, Clay, that's funny to me. Um, yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's real. It's, it's true. It is absolutely real. And, and you're right, Gary. I mean, the one thing that they did, I thought uh, they did a really good job as a collective group of just kind of saving face and reminding folks of how great they are. And for those of you who are looking to save a little money, I got someone who's pretty damn great for you who can save you a little bit of money. And we're talking about our good friends at RocketMoney.com. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. There's this great app that helps you track all of your expenses. And because of it, you no longer waste money on subscriptions you don't even use. You might've heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month for subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. I know this for a fact because as a RockyMoney.com subscriber, they broke it down for me. And I am on the North side of $200, uh, which I am not the least bit proud of, but they're helping me get it in check. Yes, that's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month for subscriptions. You don't even know about RockyMoney.com, this app, I absolutely love using this, their information, and it takes a lot of the, the wear and tear and and frankly the frustration away from trying to figure out how to, to address that. So it's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find a subscription you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription, and that's happened to I I know some people who have used the Rocket Money uh, app, and they found that to be the case, and they've been great about getting that remedied in in no time fast. Uh, To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So get rid of those useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash A-List. Seriously, it can save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash A-List. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash A-List. There it is. Back to your regularly scheduled programming with Corny A. Lunis. I have a
0: special guest for us today. Come here. Yeah, oh,
1: you gotta, Is it is it Pops?
0: No, no. My dad. I don't know where my dad is right now. Get your face in the middle. This is my little brother Joshua.
1: Your little brother's taller than you, isn't he? Yeah, he's like double. Taller. Double. 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 So he can see you. So that means he's about six feet.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How y'all doing today? Wonderful. How you doing, man? How you doing, Joshua? I'm doing great. <laughs> good good he's just so making what, bagels in the back while I'm <laughs> yapping okay. away so this, so this is really, okay. What, so what, what grade are you in so I'm a senior in college oh lord have mercy Oh, <laughs> he's about <laughs> to enter that I'm sure
2: I'm I'm ask senior <laughs> what grade are you in good <laughs> <Great> question <laughs> <right>. <laughs> In the 16th grade, in the 16th sick. grade, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I hate about Gary Watts. This, this is why this is why we don't have we don't together Unity as a podcast. We may ask him kind of song with Grady in.
1: Yeah. Listen, listen, Mister. Not Mister. Not knowing my emoji. Why are you talking
2: to like he? He's in the second grade. So, little Joshua, what grade are you in? Like, right? Listen, like
1: Run DMC, it. relax. I'm gonna <laughs> you, you see college, you re- Run,
2: you need to relax and get some new Adidas
1: or something. Right, just relax. <laughs> I'm about to get my cap and
2: gown. What you talking <laughs> yeah, yeah. about, don't, man? Don't you need yeah. to have yeah. a two fifty at that. No need to have fifty. I'm like five months from being a grown ass man. Like, what you talking about? I can't.
1: I'm just telling you, This is your
0: fault, pony. It it is. I'm just saying. That's
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, a good ass, NJP, good so. ass
0: man with So anyone that's looking for an architect,
2: 100%. this is your guy.
0: <laughs> just casual architecture. <laughs> Lastly, finals take Celtics, Mavericks, Celtics and Six. Oh, Mavericks. Mavericks, okay, okay. Mavericks get in the conversation. Oh, wow. Luca Money. <laughs> you got faith in Luca, huh? okay we'll We'll work today as the day where we heard it here all All exclusive (laughs) all exclusive first team okay okay thanks for joining the A-List podcast thank you guys for having me of course now you can get back to your bagel make me one
1: (laughs) (coughs) wow I knew there was some food involved in this summer always of course wow (laughs) wow all right. Well,
0: we are going to close out talking about the Klay Thompson taunting the Grizzlies. Do you still want to talk about that, or have we slandered the Grizzlies enough?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little. I'm feeling a little, little, little like uh, Kwanzaa asking, and I don't. I want to be about unity, so I'm not going to slam. I don't want to slam the Grizzlies anymore. Um, they know who they are. They know what they did, and and, and Clay Thompson put them in their place. Um, uh, they're a good team. They're on the rise. You, you love to watch them play. Ja, you know, he's going to be. Uh, you know, he's over the next 10 years. He's going to be top five MVP candidate at least five, six, seven times before all said and done. You might even win it one year. Uh, but they got to understand that you can't just be barking at that old dog just because that, that dog is old, uh, particularly when you got guys like Steph, particularly when you got guys like Clay, particularly when you got a guy like Jordan Poole who can get you a 40 piece and not in three quarters. And he ain't even the number one, two or three options so that you got to respect who they are. And again, and Memphis... Much respect to how you guys are, are elevated. I thought they've done it. They've, they've done it perfectly as far as building your team through the draft and surrounding those guys with the right role players and, and, and right guys who can make an impact. But this, the goal of the State, they're just not that team you want to step to unless you are already surpassed them. Like, if you knock them out of the playoffs and they're watching you play in the finals, then you can start popping your car a little bit. But you ain't that team. That's why you don't see the, you don't see the Celtics popping smack by Giannis. They try to hold their ground. They're trying to show Milwaukee that, look, you know, y'all nice, but we ain't afraid of y'all, as opposed to y'all used to be nice and now we're better. No, they're not going to do that because they know that you're only setting yourself up to get that head crack. Uh, and that's what Milwaukee, Memphis did. And Clay Thompson had to remind them that y'all not a dynasty. We are. Check the stats. You need receipts, let me go get my wallet. Uh, you want you need receipts? Because we got them. We got them. What you got? You got some nice players. You got some <laughs> highlight film. Okay, that ain't no dynasty. Come on now, stop. Well, let's close out. I do want to
0: address some comments by Dirk Nowitzki, as you both know. He had a statue of him unveiled before that Christmas Day game. And then he was asked about whether or not LeBron would be considered, you know, legitimately in the GOAT conversation. And he said that if he can pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the scoring records, he could easily cement himself as the greatest of all time. the conversation happens every year. I feel like we should just close it up the year, bring it up one more time. Do you think LeBron has cemented himself past Jordan at this point,
1: Gary? You go first. My answer is no, but I'll let Gary go.
2: No, no, he hasn't. No.
1: And I, and, and it, 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 you know and like I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say play this, Gary.
2: I just say okay. LeBron played played longer, more ball games. Okay, more games. And his stats are impressive. LeBron is uh, number two. And I was always steadfast for Jordan during this debate. I do think, though, there is a debate now. At first, I was like, hell no, there ain't no debate. Now, some of these youngsters um, can debate this, and they have legitimate points about who is the greatest player of all time. I still think it's Jordan. Six for six in championships revolutionizing the game just having not having a, not having a weakness you know what i'm saying like you know jordan defended he scored the rim he scored the mid range good free throw shooter like there's no weakness in his game lebron still has had a little bit of holes but lebron more versatile more like a magic johnson um but i think there's an argument there i think if if you really really listen to lebron Pro Lebron people, they can convince you, and and there's an argument. I, I first, I for over the years, I thought there wasn't. I still think it's an argument, but I still take Michael Jordan. You know, we all grew up during you know during that Jordan era. We remember when it started, yeah, and just, we did, and just yeah, you too. you too <laughs> on it. um, and we all, but for me, I felt I feel like there's an argument now and yeah. LeBron in his way, you could argue more versatile than Jordan in terms of like assists and rebounds, uh, maybe a better passer than LeBron, sorry, than Jordan. Cause he's going up in steals. He's going up in assists. He's going like some of these numbers, like all time, he is, he is rising up. And to me, um, there's a debate, but I still think it's MJ. MJ just had that, uh-oh, every time he got the damn ball. Uh-oh, he about to do something freaky. And I don't get that from LeBron quite as much. When you see, when, you, when Jordan got the ball, you were just like, okay, what's this fool going to do now? You know, because they can't stop him. <laughs> like, okay, woo woo mid-range. woo you know, <laughs> okay, I just hit a three in your face. You know, like it's just, it was just like, come on, it's ridiculous, man. It's crazy, you know. Well, it was still MJ to me.
1: Yeah. I, 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 Gary and I are on the same page, I think, for, for many slightly different reasons. LeBron, if you go by the numbers, and again, we live in a stat centric society now where it's all about the numbers, it's all about stats, data, analytics, all that. LeBron has, without question, earned the right to be prominently discussed as the all-time greatest player ever. There's, there's, to me, that is not even debatable. He is in that conversation. But when you start trying to do the whole MJ versus LeBron, I'm always going to come back on MJ's side on this, and then simply because of the consistency that he brought to the game from, a game, from an opponent's preparation standpoint. There are nights where teams are going to game plan against the Lakers, and they're not really going to be focused all that much on LeBron. Because remember, LeBron, as much as he's dragged some teams that were just kind of sorry sacks of teams deep into the playoffs, he's also played with some really good and has gone out of his way to join up with really good players. Michael was just like, give me whatever the hell you got, Phil, and I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make Steve Kerr and I'm going to give him an iconic moment. Paxton, I'm gonna give him an iconic moment. You're not gonna remember another damn thing those guys did in their careers, but I'm gonna set them up to do something that is going to be classic. When was the last time he did that, that? Mike, that excuse me, that LeBron set up a teammate for an iconic moment who wasn't already a great player? Kyrie Irving doesn't count because Kyrie is a Hall of Famer on the merits of his game. Paxton ain't no damn Hall of Famer. Steve Kerr ain't no damn Hall of Famer, but when you talk about that Bulls dynasty, you talk about the top 10 moments, Michael has like six, seven, eight of them. Steve Kerr got one, Paxson got one. And when you're able to take pretty average players and elevate them and give them the confidence to make the most in the most critical moments that will not only define that team, that organization, that generation, but also your legacy. That is why I tend to give Michael a little bit of an edge because Michael not only created a legacy of greatness for himself, but he positioned guys to do things that no other player could have possibly positioned to do because those guys had the confidence to do those things because Michael had confidence in them. And I don't, I never saw that with J.R. Smith, who was a hell of a shooter. I never saw that with him. I never saw that with, you know, uh, you know, some of the, the other decent, but not great players, you know, Booby Gibson. Oh, nope. Sorry. Not a bad player in this time, but he, that he wasn't that dude. Uh, that, to me, is what Michael tenses. Why I tend to put him above and beyond LeBron. Because of his ability to not only elevate himself to greatness, but also those around
0: him. All right, LeBron, check back in next year. Maybe our opinions would have changed. But until nah. then, <laughs> maybe not.
1: Well, if, he get, listen, if they can get to the NBA Finals and then Dennis Schrader is making like game-winning shots... That, so, set, boom. set your teammates up for success. We got a different
0: <laughs> conversation right so until then though our next episode oh my goodness is our
1: next episode next year our next episode will be in 2023 20.
0: well i can say see you all next year if you haven't done so already and you've been listening to this podcast for at least a year please give us a review a star share with a friend whatever you need to do make sure you're spreading the love around this holiday season of course sharing some love with us Thank you all for listening this entire year for Ashaw Blakely and Gary Washburn. I'm Quanee Lunas. This is the A-List podcast. Tune back yes. in next year.